0: Hey,
1: hey. What? They are, Boys. hell, hell, the gang's all here. How you doing? Pretty good, good. how are you guys?
0: Nice, Everybody, <laughs> everybody's here. You guys, you guys see me? Oh.
1: Oh. <coughs>
0: are you okay?
1: Are you okay?
0: <laughs> I'm fine. I, uh, just realized I was recording New World Next Week a week or two ago, and <laughs> I had a little coughing fit during New World Next Week, and I think some rumors started. <laughs> That is my hilarious. No, literally, I had something in my throat, but <laughs> I'm okay, guys.
2: That that is hilarious. It's uh, it, it's wild times, man. It's like it, it is really. People are acting like it's the end of the world. It, it's it's nuts, dude. Well, first of all, I haven't talked to Sam since uh, he's joined the dads club. Uh, Sam, congratulations, congratulations,
1: man. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate that. So blessings. They're running me. These girls are running me. Um, but it's a blessing. Twin girls is wonderful, and I love it.
2: Dude, awesome.
1: That's,
2: how how, uh, how old? They are one month and two days. Dude, that's uh, you're going through the boot camp period right now, where it's like, oh yeah, they, dude, they're they they <laughs> trained, dad. <laughs> <laughs> you're, it's funny because when I when I first uh, had my son. Uh, and you're you're surviving off like caffeine and no sleep. I'm like I remember telling my wife, I'm like, I feel like I've overslept my whole life because I'm yeah. like <laughs> you know, I'm like my whole life I keep thinking I need more sleep and I'm like, I can actually, even though you're not really surviving, you know feeling great, you feel like crap all the time and you're tired, but you're making it work. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, I'm a twin actually, so uh, that's, oh,
1: that's amazing. yeah, yeah. Uh- how do we know it.
0: which Ricky we're talking to? Yeah, that's
1: true. He
0: doesn't have the goatee going.
2: You know, <laughs> well, it's which funny. one's the evil one? are
1: like Mother Nature's clones, right? <laughs> they're just like are two of you banging out, man. It, it's
2: a uh, well, very I, funny. Well, I hear my mother talk about how like it was it was stressful growing up because like one would stop crying and the other one would start crying and and then oh yeah, it, it was just mm-hmm. like there's never because at least when you have. Like one new board, like you have some downtime, but when you have two, it's like you better hope they're on the same schedule because if not, like I could just imagine how how tough that is. You don't
1: even want them on the same schedule. You actually want them about 30 minutes off from each other. You want them off just a little bit so that you could deal with one and then deal with the other. But they're actually at the same schedule. That is chaos. You have to pick which crying you care more about, like which one's a real cry, which one's an attention cry. And, uh, you know, you just talk through it. You're like, yeah, I know you're mad. I know you. (laughs) It's like you just got you're more calming yourself down than everything because, you know, (laughs) you know, you don't want to hear your kids crying. You're like, "It's, it's painful, you know, and it's just like you're just talking yourself down not to just panic. You're really secret service. That's what you are for these kids. You're secret service, and your whole job is keep the target alive till mom yeah. gets home. That's the whole, my whole job.
2: Well, it's just yeah. crazy because I remember leaving the hospital, and I'm sure every parent had the same type of experience where you're leaving, and you're like, 24 hours ago, I was just a person, and now I'm a parent. And you're like... I had no training. I like I didn't read a manual. Like they just they're just gonna trust me that I'm gonna keep this thing alive. <laughs> that I'm I'm responsible enough and prepared enough to like. It was just like I remember just like I'm like no, I don't feel different, but all of a sudden I'm a parent. Like it was so weird and and you get that that uh perspective of like i remember growing up and your my parents would always give me this they were always trying to convince me that like oh we're parents we're adults we have it all figured out listen to us and once you become a parent you're like holy shit like they don't have it all figured out and you're we're all just trying to figure it out as we go and and you know it's just i guess you try to give your 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 kids the the sense of security and that like you know i mean they and it's weird because it's like do my kids look at me the way i looked at my parents like this all-knowing all-protecting, you know, thing. And I'm like, I don't... Oh, yeah,
1: dude. Well, I, and then they're going to grow up and they're going to think you're morons. You know? <laughs> and, just, and, and, like, every moment... Yeah.
0: My kids are at the perfect age. They're just old enough to appreciate and they want to be with Papa, but <laughs> uh, when they hit teens... Oh, oh God. I know. <laughs> but I
1: also think as dads, we don't get appreciated till much later. Like, right now, it's all mom. Mom's all love. Dad... We have come in like I'm not obviously their month and there's no disciplining. It's just survival, you know, love, sending them all this love. But, you know, as they get older, dad is disciplined. Dad's all that stuff. So he's more of uh, uh, of the the meanie guy. Right. Even though you love him and all that stuff. But you don't appreciate dad till you get to the work. But till they graduate, they get to the workforce, they're dealing with people and then they realize like, my dad had 19 jobs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, man, how did you do it? You're just like, yeah. thank you. I appreciate you so much more than you do. But right now, it's just like, it's just survive, you know, win and survive. That's basically what it is right now. And just keep them alive. And you learn a lot about your mate, too. Like, your differences start coming out. Like, Because I'm, like, really into reading all these, like, like old spiritual books some hindu books to them i'm reading about the pineal gland i'm reading all this stuff to them and like she's in the in the kitchen yelling there is no god and i'm just like not, this is not, let's get on the same page here you know uh but it's very interesting man it's very and i'm very blessed and i loved it and I, you know for me it's my career has always been like kind of a crazy thing and i always said i'm not gonna have kids so you know, I'm financially stable and I'm in a bless I'm blessed to be in a good place and bam, two twins dude out the gate. And here we are, man. I love it.
2: Yeah, there's going to be times where the kids are going to bring the, the the partners together and there's going to be times where it's going to really there's going to be trying times, you know, where it's really going to test you guys because I mean, when you're working on little sleep, when you're working on and a lot of times it's coming like you both one thing I always try to remember it's like even when we disagree like our purpose, we both have the same purpose. We want what's best for the kids, and we we just might have a different, pers- you know, opinion on what that is, and coming together is, is you know it, it's sometimes more difficult because before that it's like everything's the honeymoon period, like you're just hanging out, you're going out to eat, you're you're talking, yeah. you know, but now it's like you know you really you have huge decisions to be made how you discipline how much you discipline mm-hmm. if you discipline you know i mean some people want to you know i mean i don't i remember t- i tell my wife i'm like i didn't like rules growing up i'm like my i'm like these uh, i'm c- kind of really laid back when it comes down to that stuff i'm like if they want to wear you know red sneakers with a blue shirt who cares i'm like you know i'm like i'm gonna ask them like hey just put on your white sneakers that matches but if they don't want to i'm like whatever you know it's like i'm gonna pick Pick com- your battles. yeah pick, pick your battles, battles. Yeah. yeah and uh yeah. So, well,
1: that's kind of dads uh, yeah, and moms. Like moms are very much like the most paranoid of conspiracy theorists, right? Like everything might lead to tragedy and they're like they're over like protective, which is great because that's what me. And then dads have always been kind of like, yeah, let's see how it works out. You know, that's kind of how the role like moms help the studies show. Moms help kids get the task well, done is, where dad's like, get the kid, do well, it. Let's well, see is, if you can do it. And this, that's kind of. The yin and yang of it
2: all. This is a very important point because it's no different than like starting a business with somebody where, like, I, I, I suck at numbers. Well, I don't suck, I, I hate numbers. So, like, I would be the marketing person or the, the networking person in the company, and I would get somebody where they're, uh, you know, the, they're good at what I suck at and it'd make a great business uh, relationship. Same thing with like your partner, like women are naturally better at things than guys are. And there's no, no shame in that. Like now we live in a world where it's just like one gender, everybody's good at everything and everybody should, you know, it's like, but to me it's like, there's like, it's not, you're not putting women down by saying you guys are great at these skills and we suck at those skills and we're good at other skills. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And we've survived thousands and thousands of years because we we make a good team because they they bring things uh, that help us survive, and we bring things to help us survive. So I, I think that's that's really important. I, I think men's roles have changed a little bit. Like a lot of guy, uh, fathers my age or, or a little older, a little younger, uh, they were were much more hands on. Like my father, like I, he never said I love you. He never hugged me. He his role was he came home, he leave him alone because he's too tired from working, for, you know, too many hours, and uh, and that was it, you know. And and I've you know I I joke around with my wife. I'm like I've told my kids more in the first 24 hours of being alive that I loved them than I heard my whole life it didn't mean i don't i don't mean that my my father didn't love me i'm sure he did but it just he and i have to remind myself mike and i'm sure he learned a parent from his parents my my grandparents like they were also that was what what happened all the nurturing and loving came from the mother and and that was a different time too because that's when you had stay-at-home moms and you could you know the state wasn't raising your kids or the you know the the basically daycare and public schools weren't raising your kids people were actually hands-on um which is super important i think that's a huge issue you know and when you become a parent you realize that like if you're not at home like and you're at work all the fucking time who's influencing your kids it's not you you know, like it, who, who's who's like your kid's a, a sponge and so many things they're taking in that you have like no. I, I mean, there's times that my kids say stuff and I'm like, wait, you heard that or you remember that or you, you know, And I'm sure James, same thing with yours. because I think our kids are similar age. My son just turned five. My daughter's three. And um, and, and, you know, so it's just it's one of those things where like they're at that age where like they surprise you with how much they're and how much they're processing and understanding. And uh, mm. so it's like and if they're not getting stuff. That information from me, or then who are they getting it from? So like, I, I tell people I'm like I suck at the not important jobs, like my real job, <laughs> and and uh and I'm like and I try to be really good at the most important job, and that's being a dad. Like me to me like that relationship with my kids. I mean you're molding, you know, little humans, and it's like you know coming home like everything from my diet to exercise to to everything is going to help me become a better parent because I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have higher tolerance you know, because I I took, you know, I got some energy out of my system. Um, I'm eating well, you know, so uh, I'm thinking normal and, and I'm, you know, I'm cognitively there. So all these things. And the other thing too is like, so, you know, we're all into alternative media and alternative perspective and thinking outside the box. The other thing too is like, so like, for example, the vaccine uh, conversation, which is, you know, before you have kids, right? It's really easy to tell people like vaccines are bad and this and that. Right. But once you have kids, Will you practice what you preach? Like, I'm telling people that they're bad, but once I have kids, do I have the balls? Do I have do I actually believe what I'm telling people or the conversations that people are hearing me have on this show? And to me, I I do. And I'm I'm always curious. I'm like, I wonder people who, who are saying these things or they talk about how bad GMOs are, like, are they actually like taking like I just watched a, a great film. I, like I was getting mad at my, I didn't get mad at my wife, but I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, she found like the nonstick pans from uh, a while ago, and the other day she was like making me eggs, and uh, and she's like, and I'm like, oh babe, don't use those. I'm like, D-, I'm like, there's C8 in that, and I'm like, it's like it's, you know, she's like, oh, why do we still have them? I'm like you're right, we should, let's throw them out or whatever. And she didn't know why I was freaking out, and so um, we just watched this great film called Dark Water about um. The attorney that uh, that uh, ended up suing DuPont and found out that like DuPont and M3 had all this research for years, knowing that this uh, I forget what the, the the chemical was called, but uh, C8 was another term for it that that they were using for nonstick pans and tons of other stuff was causing tons of health issues, and uh and and they hid this from the public and uh and because it's a multi billion dollar industry. And you know, initially I believe it was they were using it for tanks for water resistance. And they're like, well, we can use this for pans, and we can use this for these, and that, and that product or whatever. And uh, and um, and then she watched a document or the the film. It was an actual film. And uh, it's funny how like films based on real events don't seem to get the attention that they deserve. Like, Kill the Messenger and all this stuff. It's like, isn't that more intriguing? Like, you could watch a Denzel movie that's complete. You know nonsense or you can watch something that's actually based on on true events and at least learn something possibly and um but yeah i mean and then she's like wow that's that's crazy i'm like yeah i'm like it's 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 nuts." so stuff like that you become much more conscious of that and another thing that women are really good at if you look at like people i've talked to a lot of people in the anti-gmo world anti-vaccine uh uh, well i wouldn't say anti-vaccine because sometimes that's the wrong term it's more about like just the choice having the right to choose. Um, people in that world, a lot of them are mothers a lot of them are moms who are super motivated and uh, uh, about like you know having the right to ch- choose and their kids being safe. So that n- nurture gene in them, is is a great gene to, to, because they want to protect their loved ones so much that it's a motivator for them to be the ones, you know, in the front lines, you know, being outspoken and stuff. Maybe we should let James talk. I feel like I've been ranting on forever. <laughs>
0: I, I don't even know where to pick up on that. But, yeah, uh, good points raised all around. And let me just say, I, I remember back in when I first had kids and I, I, the, the thought struck me, oh, this is what life's about. <laughs> like, what have I been doing my whole life? This is oh, this is completely different now. Now, now that I think back, I try to think back before we had kids. I'm like, what did what did me and my wife even do before this?
2: <laughs> like, yeah. like, ah, biggest right. decision was what uh, to eat for dinner, kind of thing. <laughs> well, it's never a dull moment, and so many things that you you kind of like lost um, a passion for, or you stop enjoying, like become enjoyable yeah. again. Holidays, and 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 you know, uh, just christmas and stuff like that i mean obviously that's you know marketing and and a lot of stuff is you know there's some evil side of of some of these holidays uh you know we're just trying to get people to just care more about buying stuff than actually spending time together but you know just seeing the kids uh enjoy like putting up the christmas tree and like just you know give having a reason to, to get the family together that's that's all like so so important and uh so, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things. And, you know, Sam and I are very similar. I've heard you talk about this on on, on your show. And I don't know if, James, if you went through like a, a similar type of uh, internal dilemma where like I was raised Catholic, being Portuguese, you know, or Catholic. You, you're taught to be religious uh, and don't question it. And that naturally made me want to rebel because eventually I'm like, I'm asking questions. Nobody wants to answer these questions. Just like, you know, just just believe in it, and you know, even though there's not answers, you know, just uh, uh, believe in it and whatnot. And I didn't like that, and and naturally, I'm like I'm being lied to. And I went from like one extreme to the other, where I went from the whole other side, where I'm like anti religion You know, I was I remember I was like, you know, huge Richard Dawkins fans and Christopher Hitchens and and all the atheists. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, yeah, they have it figured out this is all BS. And then little by little, as as I got older, and especially when I had kids, I'm like you know what, I'm like, if I go to that other extreme, like I left one team to join another team and they're equally as extreme. And, and I didn't realize that like, wow, like there, there are some, like they're saying that all religion is, is awful. But to me, like one thing that I started, especially as like, you know, you look at philosophy, like the reason why I love philosophy is like, it, it, it makes, it gives you a reason or makes you think about um, things outside the material world, like bigger bigger issues. And it's like, what's life really about? Like well, all the questions that are never answered and we can debate and, and have these conversations, but it takes you out of that cycle of like just going to work, taking out the trash, all this stuff. And it's like, we never stopped and think about like, well, what, what is all this? Like, what is this really about? What's, what's important in life? And, and I think, you know, as I got older and especially when I had kids, like, and like you said, you almost feel like, okay, now I have a purpose. Like now I have a true purpose. Um, and it, it, it makes you rethink these bigger questions like oh this is what life's about like it's yeah. you know it's about loving one another it's about caring What you know and and nothing like it doesn't like kids don't you know it's like that old saying like you know you're not um, born racist, you're, you're taught racism you know like you look at kids like they play with each other they don't care about you know if you're Asian or if you're 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 African if you're you know whatever or what religion you are or what part of the world you are like they all hang out they play none of none of that matters and then it's like it's the evil of, of the adults that end up like slowly polluting and I think that's why I love kids it's passed
1: on, it's passed on from generation yeah. to generation to generation which is done purposefully. To create identity politics, you know, we just had a big episode. I had a uh, Adam Green on, and we, you know, Adam Green is very passionate about Jewish supremacy, and I'm more about its power. It's you know, its power structures, and of every group, there's just wackadoodles at the top, and they make the bottom pay the price for it. And you know, it, but if you kind of look at what happens, is you have this Holocaust, and we can. You know, that's another discussion on what, what really went on here. But, you know, you have you have generations telling the next generation about this horrible thing that happened to them and how everybody hates them because of this, this, and this, and that. And there was this great tragedy done. And it just, the cycle just continues. So, and then they end up defending all of, of their group, regardless of whether if they know them or not. And I think that's the real psyop that is done is like this notion whatever group it is whether it's jews muslims christians whatever it's like there are extremists of all groups you know and they all commit these horrible crimes and then they make the bottom middle and the the bottom bottom pay the price for it and You know, the difference, I think, between Jews and everybody else is just their whack jobs have better day jobs. okay? they're you know, they have better 401ks and health program and all that and in positions of power because that's what they kind of work on. So I think that's just it's like it's I remember being a kid and my next door neighbor, he's a I'm half Italian. He's like, if anyone calls you WAP, okay, you fight them. (laughs) And I go, why? And he goes, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> but that's what we do. And I thought that was the craziest thing ever. And it's really is just this constant passing down of this baggage that, you know, and my, I, you know, the blessings of my life is that I was able to see that I was turning into my father and I love my father. He's not, he's not bad man, but he was flawed like any superhero, right? Flawed man. And I saw those flaws starting to come into me where the, This notion that other people are thinking about me all the time and other people are so jealous about how great I was. And through recovery and all that stuff, I was able to learn that nobody's caring about me, right? But when I had a talk, my dad, he talked about how his father did that to him. And it was just kind of passing down of this sickness. And, you know, I just found this article today or the other day about how, you know, Netanyahu went to Qatar and begged for more funding for Hamas. And it's like, Oh, more controlled opposition. It's just like when you really sit down, you got to go Is there really terrorism? I mean, is there really or or like is it just this group of people getting us all to fight with each other so they can make money and bring pain and suffering to the world? And then regardless of what your religion is, regardless of what your sect, denomination, sexuality is, it's just like you just want to live, laugh and love. And it's just like we have this group of people just fighting with us right now. We got this coronavirus and everyone's going nuts over it. And it's just like, yeah, another thing brought to you by the Russian collusion people, the Ukrainian people, the weapons of mass destruction people, the, you know, the um, the anthrax scare people. It's all the same people always and always and always. And, you know, I just kind of want to stop that. And I don't know, man. That's kind of where I'm at. That's kind of what kids have done to me. It's kind of tried to take a little more spiritual look at everything. And it's kind of changed my view in even a short month.
0: It'll only uh, get more deep from here. But yeah, I hear you. And, uh, y- you know, fundamentally, th- this is what I keep coming back to. We're fighting against an ideology. And yeah, there are adherents to that ideology in every race, in every sex, in every gender, of every sexual persuasion, of every type. It's not about the identity politics in the end, it's about the ideology. And uh, someone who is propounding that ideology is wrong because that ideology is wrong, not because they're muslim or jewish or gay or whatever it's because the ideology behind it is wrong and that's what my fight is really about so i keep bringing you back to that but it's so easy to get caught in the identity politics side of it because that's I mean, that's the new form of entertainment. The only problem is that that's such a self-perpetuating cycle because, of course, you get the snowflakes on one side fighting the snowflakes on the other side. Everything is an outrage, and the poles start to polarize more and more and more so that there is no middle ground. So you have to choose a side. You're either with us or you're with them. And once it gets to that point, divide and conquer is complete. You've completely parted the population, got them fighting with each other. Mission accomplished for the people who are at the top of that system.
2: Well, I think... the origins of your beliefs are really important to think about because I think a lot of times we believe in stuff and we we think that we were these non-emotional cre- – or, or we like to think they're all logical. Oh, Even though we're, we know we're emotional creatures, I'm logical enough where I've made this decision or I've picked this team because it makes the most sense. And we, we never go back – or I think not often enough we go back and think – retrace our, our steps and figure out like, okay, how did I get here? Like was there – you know, a parent that was a Republican and told me when I was a kid that Democrats are the worst, or is my parents uh, Democrats and told me Republicans are the worst. And then I just picked this team and I defended it till the end of time. It's no different than like why somebody likes a sports team. I mean, sometimes I'll meet somebody and they're like, Oh, how'd you become a, a Rams fan? And they'll be like, Oh, my dad was a Rams fan. I'm like, Oh, okay. You know? And, and, and we, we just look at sports like that, but like that happens with everything. And when you have kids, like that's something like I'm really conscious about. It's like, okay, I want to – it's so weird because I'm like, how do I teach them things without worrying about pushing them in the direction that I'm at? Like how do I keep their minds open to be like, well, you know, you you get what I'm trying to say? Because it's
0: always when the rubber meets the road because what you are teaching them is really what you are modeling. It's not even about what you say to them or what you tell them. It is about the way that you are demonstrating how to act in the world. And you're doing that all the time, which is why it's such an incredible responsibility, not to put too much pressure on you there, Sam, but <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> this is the point that, you know, it keeps coming back to. It's like, I am modeling how to live a life and how to be in the world. And they are seeing that and they're seeing it much more clearly than we give children credit for, because you're exactly right, uh, uh, Ricky, when you were talking about your kid being very perceptive. Uh, my, I remember my son was, Two? I think he was two years old, maybe just about three years old. And he was already picking up on things between me and my wife, like when we were arguing about, no, you should take a right here. No, it's quicker if we go the other way. He's like, OK, why don't we try it this way this time and next time we'll go the other way. And wow. he was just he was Uh-oh. this incredible font of reason in, in these stupid, wow. petty arguments that you get into in your day to day life. And you're like, oh, these kids really do see and pick up on things. They really know what's going on. And uh, oh, so, so it's it. really about the way that we live, the way that we model what we're doing. And I am particularly blessed because I grew up in an incredibly loving household, two very loving parents who were incredibly supportive and... I had two older brothers who fought all the fights with the parents to, you know, I want to I want to listen to my heavy metal music or whatever. By the time they got to me, you know, they weren't going to fight those fights. They just know <laughs> they'll just let me live my life and, you know, they'll 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 tell me what they think, but they're not going to tell me how to live. And I think I turned out pretty all right. And that's something that I have to keep going back to. Like, that's the way it's done. You have to model the behavior you want your kids to show to, to see or to, to demonstrate. You're not telling them how to live. You're showing them.
1: I got a question for you guys. Back to the vaccinations. My you know, the mother of the child has been very uh she you know, she is a believer in vaccines, she's all that stuff. I've been blessed to get her to hold off on doing it over time. Now, are you guys completely anti any vaccines or are you into trick-a-dating just a little bit over time? So that their little immune systems can handle that and not just, I mean, like someone please explain to me uh, why a newborn, a baby, like we're talking hours old, needs to get hit with a STD shot. It's a hepatitis B shot. Someone explain to me the logic of that, why if the mother doesn't have it. Why do we have to worry? About, is, is there a bunch of hepatitis B nurses going around with open wounds? Like, what are, <laughs> what are what are what are we worried about right here? And the logic of that. And the truth of the matter is, if you really want to know what what's going on with vaccines, the healthcare system in America. And I now have healthcare. I'm blessed. I'm able to get for me and the baby's mama, and that's the kids. And I, I'm very thankful for it. It's not as evil as I thought it was. There are some evil parts to it. But everything comes with a price tag, right? Everything except for vaccines. There's a sign where I was at, like, "Hey, if you can't afford vaccines, don't worry about. It. We'll give it to you for free." Right there should let you know something's up. Why is one of the greediest, greediest industries out there wanting to give you something for free? It just doesn't seem right. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm saying you should. You should look into it and. And I, I'm down with trick it a little bit over time. I, well, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm on board with you. I'm not anti-vaccine in and of itself, uh, but the way and the schedule that it's done on obviously makes a huge difference and the types of vaccines that are being given. Again... I'm particularly blessed to be in Japan, actually. There was a great article that was uh, from Children's Health Defense that was just reposted up on Global Research recently. Japan leads the way in child health. No compulsory vaccines. Banned measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, which goes into the uh, the recommended vaccine schedule for children in Japan. Uh, no vaccine mandates, just recommended vaccines. They don't vaccinate against Hep B unless the mother has Hep B. Uh, Do not vaccinate pregnant mothers with Tdap. Do not give flu shots to pregnant mothers or to six-month-old infants. Does not give the MMR vaccine. Does not require HPV vaccine. So uh, the Japanese vaccine schedule is orders of magnitude lighter than the the U.S. one, which is why it's, it's much easier to exist in this system. For people who are fighting that fight in the US, I definitely have sympathies for it because it's a much harder fight, as I'm sure Ricky, you probably know by now.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely know. I've uh yeah, I've definitely had some ups and downs. I mean we've changed pediatricians because the the code word, the the dog whistle of when uh, you're anti uh, vaccinating your kids is always like, oh, we're holding off. And that was like the, like they knew that what was going on. We'd say we're holding off every time we go in there. And, but they'd always treat you slightly different, like you're a little crazy or you're a little. And then every once in a while they would bring things up. And then, you know, I would get in debates with the pediatrician. And I'm like, listen, I really don't want to have this conversation right now. I'm like, I don't want to get in an argument with your friend, the, the kid, while they're here waiting. Um, and, It just—it got to the point where just like I'm like, you know, my wife wouldn't go to any appointments, but I'm all for it. So I'm like, you know what? No, I'll go. She's like, I don't like the way they make me feel. They always make me feel like I'm a bad parent. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'll get out of work early. I'm like, I will go there. I'm like, if they want to battle me, I'm like, I'll go there. I'll have no problem. Uh, It's you know, it's spending 15 minutes of their day, uh, you know, debating this or talking about this. And you know, Sam is absolutely right. If you look at things logically, okay, they tell you like. Don't bring your kid around anybody. Uh, Don't uh, make sure you wash your hands or, you know, when you touch a newborn. But yet it's completely okay to shoot a, you know, a vaccine directly in their bloodstream so you're you're admitting their immune system is delicate it's it's you know and not just that like i had the the pediatrician i'm like she's like oh vaccines uh have never harmed anybody i'm like which was ridiculous you know which is ridiculous along but i'm like you do realize how unscientific that is i'm like that's like me saying peanuts have never harmed anybody i'm like peanuts don't kill everybody i'm like but there's some people that it's fatal i'm like so you saying that you can shoot any substance in any like in everybody and no one will have a a a a, some inflammation a rash possibly like that's the most unscientific thing you could possibly say like not everybody is the same and nobody's testing these children to know if they'll be sensitive to any of the chemicals of the viruses or if they're, maybe they have compromised immune systems. So it's just like, Hey, we're just going to shoot them up and most kids are okay. So I think your kid's going to be okay. And it's like, no, 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 I don't want to take that risk. You know, it's like to me, Maybe there is a risk of my kid being unvaccinated, but you know what? Like the best defense, to even if you believe vaccines work, you're still admitting that the best defense is their immune system, because what you're doing is you're sparking your immune system to fight the virus. So to me, like, why aren't you uh, uh, being, uh, I guess, proactive with the parents and saying, hey, make sure your kids take probiotics, make sure they take, you know, vitamins, make sure they eat healthy, make sure. Yeah. The kid that has you know, that's eating. You know, French fries and 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 fried chicken every day. Like, yeah, he and drinking soda. Yeah, he might have a, you know a weak immune system. So he, you know, but if it, it's like to me, it's like there's so many other things that they 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 don't talk to you about. Like you, you're saying that my kid. Nobody
1: has information. To be honest with you, Ricky, nobody has information. And and the truth of the matter is this: I didn't mean to cut you off, but it no, just infuriates okay. me that these people, uh, at the end of the day people are trustworthy they're nice people and they want to believe that these 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 doctors and these health uh, officials and experts mean well but at the end of the day they want checks they want to make money they want prestigious jobs and a lot of that only comes if you play ball and you know what a lot of them have been lied to a lot of them go to these schools and they get told these these theories that don't make sense like most of them would know, uh, that there's no clinical testing on vaccines. If you ask people, how long is the clinical test for a vaccine? Oh, no, a couple of years? No, there's none. There's none. There and there's no and then there's no lawsuit. You can't sue them. So why would they test yeah. it? It well, makes the, no sense. Well, the man.
2: liability is completely yeah off the pharmaceutical companies. I mean, there's a vaccine court, which taxpayers end up basically t- pay, taking the bill and, and that's the thing. So you take liability from them. And like you said, when they're giving them out for free, I mean, look at the coronavirus. They just, uh, Trump just, I, I think, signed a bill Friday. Like, some of the money, like, who knows how many millions and billions are and where they're going, where all this money's going, but it's for some coronavirus bill or whatever. And and some money's going to uh, the pharmaceutical companies to 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 uh, to develop a vaccine and all this. It's like, so even if you develop a vaccine and everybody's Hysterical, so they would just be like, "Yes, give me it first. I'll get. I'll be first in line." You know, there's no testing for it. Like you know, and that's the thing. Like you can look up stories and stories of pharmaceutical companies doing. You know, just getting fined. Uh, uh, you know, just, just doing unethical stuff. But I don't understand like where the logic is that they took all the moral people who work for the company and said, "Hey, you're going to work on our vaccine division." Like it's just like it's madness. It's like it's. At the end of the day, like like you said, like it, there's not there hasn't been testing, and really, how would you t- test uh, you know safety or, or or whatnot? I mean, you would have to like I don't know, like expose kids to viruses, you know, after giving them the vaccine. We don't even know if they work. That's the other thing. Like, how do you? Do, the only way to know if they worked is that you give them a vaccine and then you expose them to viruses, right? And who's going to do that? Like, that's not ethical. So it's like it, that's why Dell Bigtree. He's been on the show and the Vax documentary. I thought was a great documentary because it wasn't an anti-vax. A uh, documentary. It was just like, here's some information. Here's a story that's been suppressed, and uh, and and you know, come up with your own conclusion. And and I think that's that's super. To me, it's it's a it's a huge issue because even uh, there's a uh, a group called uh, the CT uh, Alliance Freedom Alliance in uh, Connecticut, and which you know I live pretty close to the border of Connecticut and Massachusetts, and uh, they contacted me, and hopefully I have monsoon, and they've been fighting. Um, they just uh got rid of all religious ex- exemptions for for uh vaccines and that's how my kids didn't get vaccinated and went to school because i uh fairly <laughs> i'm religious and uh so my my you know i
1: love religion
2: <laughs> so but but like the fact that like now it's like if that's gone you don't even have a choice like i my you know my wife and i we were a little worried that like okay everybody's going to know we're the we're the family with the unvaccinated kids and we're going to i'm like but i'm like I told my my wife, I'm like, listen. In a matter of time, they're gonna realize like when all the other kids are sick all the time, and our kid's not sick, he's not the one you gotta worry about. And and um uh, and and that's what you know. After a while, it's like you know we didn't worry about anybody looking at us weird because our kids are are. I mean, maybe it's a little bit of luck, but. I think a little bit's also being proactive and, and caring about um, what they eat and exercising, getting sun, you know, vitamin D and and all that stuff and 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 living living a healthy lifestyle and uh and and not bringing them to McDonald's and and whatever you know, which is obviously harmful to their bodies and and our kids are healthy and usually uh, much less sick than anybody else's kids so it just it's worked out I'm like you know what they're a perfect example that we're not crazy and and, you know but the thing is when you go to a, a doctor or a pediatrician they will scare the shit out of your 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 girlfriend oh, Sam, yeah. and she's yeah. gonna even if she. My wife was all on board. I did podcasts with Del Bigtree. Um, I did podcasts with a couple of uh, people, and um, and I was like sending her articles and research and and all this stuff. My wife was all on board. But after a couple of visits with a pediatrician and them just scaremongering and just, you know, like all of a sudden she's like, I'm having second thoughts. I'm having second thoughts. And then family members like, wait, you're not vaccinating your kids. They're like, well, you know, did you see the news? And you see this, you know, the Disney outbreak of measles. It's like you did realize like most of those kids were vaccinated. Right. And and it's, you know, so it's like. Nobody pays attention to those details. Ever.
1: And the, the, the group mentality of like the herd vaccinate doesn't even make sense. If we all have computers and we all have virus protection and you don't have virus protection. Why do we got to worry about our computers getting a virus? Because you got it, it makes zero sense. And it's all fear based. It's all fear based. And it's about like, you know, I had Dr. Shivan and he was talking about how it's like these people who have like. Um, immune system deficiency—it's all about that. And that's the great boogeyman—that this like one in two thousand, three thousand people, which ends up being like two hundred thousand people in the entire country of the United States—and we're vaccinating millions and millions of people to protect these two hundred thousand. And it does the, and, and we're doing more harm to these big, this bigger herd of people that, to protect this little herd. It makes literally no sense.
2: Yeah I mean I just had a, here's another example of uh, of how modern medicine doesn't always work. I just had Jim Abrams on who is actually uh, one of the filmmakers of uh, of some of my favorite films back in a day. I, I don't know if you guys remember Naked Gun and Airplane and it's yeah. uh, t- I mean some of my f- favorite movies growing we're up. old
1: white guys of course <laughs> we. <know those> movies. <laughs> and,
2: uh, and uh so he was on and i don't know if you're familiar with this story but he had a son who had like super violent seizures i mean up to 100 seizures a day um i think he was like 12 months when they really started getting bad 12 months and and like so years of i mean it, he it was uh it was his uh son charlie he was a uh, one of three the youngest one and, I mean, just stress that it put on the family. Because think about how much attention this kid requires. Think about, like, the stress it puts on the family. Um, you know, just it, it's it's wild. And as a parent, like, when you hear these stories, it really hits home. And um, so just because, you know, you're putting yourself in their situation. I'm like, I couldn't even imagine, you know. So d- – you know he was quite famous. He he had money, so he got to cut in line of all. He went to see all the best doctors, went to all the best hospitals. He knew people who gave money to hospitals, so he didn't have to. You know, doctors that you have to wait months or years for. He got to cut in line. Everybody's just doing prescription drugs, surgeries, all this stuff. And uh, and and like his kid was a zombie. They did surgery, uh, surgery which he's like was just completely useless. Didn't do anything right. So he's actually uh, eventually. Um, I mean, this happened for years. Uh, eventually, he, he's doing uh, research on actually he was researching how parents uh, deal or how families deal with like uh, a child that requires that much attention and, and stuff like that. And, um, and then he runs into how John Hopkins actually in the 70s was having incredible success with the ketogenic diet, you know, because your brain because one of the issues is like sometimes your, your brain can't use glucose as an energy source. So if you get them on a ketogenic diet, it can use ketones. And and nobody told him this. So it was like this Eureka thing where he's just like, wait, wait. How come nobody has even brought this up as a possible option? Like... They're willing to give my kid prescription drugs. They're willing to give him exactly. surgery, but they're but nobody's even brought up that fact that there's a dietary therapy that might work. Like, I have nothing to lose. So he even goes they to his... You can't make money off it. That's why. He goes to his doctors, right? And they tell him basically not to do it. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's whatever. And uh, so eventually he ends up giving it a try, right? He gives it a try in three days. Years of his kids having seizures. Three days, Charlie's cured of seizures. Never had a seizure again, right? Three. so he went from being super happy right because he was super happy he's like my kids like this is crazy we got charlie back to uh uh to being angry dad because he's like the the like the permanent damage that my son might have because of all these filing uh, seizures uh, the, the years of like You know just the stress it put on the family you know all this stuff we can't we couldn't have a normal you know life and he couldn't grow and be a normal kid uh because of this and he's like and nobody told me about this so and then he started this thing called the charlie foundation and um and it's same thing like it's i mean think about that like this guy had access to the best doctors he had and modern medicine told him like take this pill take that pill, like that that's it like that's a perfect example of like sometimes when somebody tells you something like you know that seems a little crazy like you know what there might be some truth to it and you should do some research because there is and and apparently the john hopkins research uh when they were doing the ketogenic diet uh it was working they're having tons of success but then pharmaceutical companies came and they're like hey hey we have something easier we've created these pills that uh we're also having some success with so what ended up happening was that they ended up stop uh pr- promoting the ketogenic diet and they're just it was easy. Just say, hey, here's a pill. And um, so that's what ended up happening. But that's a. But if we talk about that, it's like we all agree, like, yeah, there's some issues with modern medicine. And because of the incentive of profit, sometimes they're going to push certain things on you. And and the
0: worst part of that story is think none of those doctors were evil people that wanted to see this child harmed. It's just that a they were taught their whole life in that. Allopathic system, you've got to give them drugs or do surgery. That's the way we cure things. So ketogenic diet, that's that's crazy talk. And secondarily, also, they they want to cover their ass because they can probably get sued seven ways to Sunday if they don't. As medical experts recommend the prescribe, you're supposed to prescribe this drug in this case. And if you don't, so they they're boxed into the system. They're not necessarily evil people. They're just in an evil system. So how else can you act in that system? How do you change that? You have to change the system itself.
1: I totally agree. I think uh, sometimes we think people are more monsters than they are. And I think most of the time they're just trying to white knuckle life and get through it and just the the optics of it make it look bad. And, you know, we've done episodes on like, you know, my opinion is, uh, I don't know if you guys I have. I'm starting to believe liberalism really in this country is libertarianism. Maybe I'm wrong. But um, when you look at But I think the Libertarian Party itself is at the top is just like any party, just corrupt and controlled opposition. But if we take a look at the healthcare system here, like what we do to uh, people who want to become doctors, like we just saddle them with so much debt that it's almost impossible for them to want to do anything on their own to go their their own practice. It's like I have to pay these off or else I'm going to get – crippled financially so they have to go in these plug-and-play things where they have to they have to prescribe this kind of medication this kind of way this will boom 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 or else there's no work for them and that's my whole problem it's like you know i don't know why the libertarian movement focuses so much on free college and and a, univ- a you know one payer health care when they should be talking about getting rid of free of a fee of entry like Fee of entry is like crippling everybody. It's like it's so expensive just to play ball right now that only rich people can do it. In particular, in a health care system. I mean, just the amount of money that needs to be there's no there's no free market in any of this. Like, where can I go get discount health care in this? Where can I go get discount prescriptions? Like, real discount, like not like oh, instead of paying a three hundred dollars, I'm paying a hundred dollars. I'm like, I'm talking like ten dollars. And stuff like that. it doesn't exist. It's so controlled. And I don't know why well, the Libertarian Party doesn't focus on that. Go on, James. No, I get I get what
0: you're saying, but libertarianism would be the free market advocates. Socialism, the not, democratic socialists, the Bernie say. supporters.
1: I, I don't see that. Sorry. Go on. Sorry, James. Uh
0: well, I as I <laughs> every every American libertarian at any rate, uh, whether you're talking about the Cato Beltway libertarians or you're talking about the Tom Woods podcast libertarians or you know anyone in between? Uh, they would be arguing the free market side of this. Uh, you're you're thinking of the democratic socialists. You're thinking of the Bernie Bros, who are not libertarians.
1: But I just feel like uh, the uh, just based on like because I'm not part of the party, but based on what I see through social media, no libertarians. Like what they're pushing is no free no free college and no one payer, which is I agree with. Oh,
0: no free college. Oh, I yeah, see. I see No
1: free saying. college because. And my opinion is the free college whole thing is just these companies, these colleges invest in the military industrial complex and that's why they don't want to give up that tuition. That's my opinion. But my, my, my point being is that I don't see them making these arguments. They're more telling people, no, you, you're not going to get free healthcare. Why not just like, no, we, you don't need free health care because like for me, it's like if you want to look at government ran healthcare in America, go look at the VA. I mean, you hear nightmare stories about veterans trying to get health care and how bad it is and like some of them just killing themselves in the parking lots because it's so bad so obviously we don't want that i don't know maybe because our population's so huge we can't have that like some other countries do but instead getting where it's like maybe there's no patents on on prescription medication or drugs and anybody can make the drug as long as it's health and then there's a Battle for your dollars and stuff like that. And and uh, just getting re- rid of fee of entry for like the medical community, like doctors, so that when they get out of med school, they're not so in debt. Like those are things I think would resonate with voters instead of saying, no, you don't get any health care. No, you can't go to college for free. I think that that's right. in my
0: opinion. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there's an argument to be made there. And yeah, getting rid of the IP system in general would it would be incalculably beneficial to the system as a whole and would eliminate so much of the garbage nonsense that is propagated in the pharmaceutical industry in particular, let alone so many other industries.
1: It's an it's a interest. I don't know how you change it. I mean, like, let's face it. Big pharmaceutical is straight up gangster, man. I mean, there's a whole story about Trump's had a guy he put in charge of trying to reduce uh, prices of pharmaceutical drugs, and he was found with uh, killing himself with two shots to the back of the head, which is totally typical for a suicide, which totally makes sense. But you know, it's you know like- what the
0: answer is, though? You know what's going to save us? Vote wow. harder, guys. Come on, you're not <laughs> yeah. voting hard enough. Just kick that box a little bit more forcefully or touch I, that screen with a little bit more power and there you go that's the answer guys we're gonna vote in someone to drain the swamp
2: i'm 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 <laughs> so on board james and i get it i get it in so many small little debates with people because uh people be like oh you know like oh you, you're you're so weird what's going on how come <laughs> you don't vote how come you don't you know and i'm like because i i it, it would be like me voting for like who's gonna win Hulk Hogan or Macho Man. Like it's like it's theater. Like I, it's pretending I believe that the system works. To to me, like it, it, I, I, you know, it's I. There's so many people who get so caught up in like the the Russia Gate and the Trump scandals and this and that. And like to me, like I'm oblivious to a lot of it. And because to me, like all this infighting, I'm like this shit happens all the time. Like yeah, there's scumbags who are trying to screw other scumbags because they're all trying to do the same thing, trying to get in power, trying to do favors for people. And I'm like, it's just – it's general hospital. It's it's a soap opera. It's it's a reality TV. I'm like, so why would I get caught up in, like, who's who's backstabbing this guy and that guy? You know, like, to me, it's like – it's all, like, t- the big picture conversations to me are much more important. and And if I get caught up in, like, all these – every day a different headline about, you know, this and that, and this guy resigns and then this guy, you know, it's like, does any of it matter? Like it's the whole system's messed up and, and, and it's proven over and over again. It doesn't matter who becomes president. A lot of stuff doesn't change. Like it's still, you know, uh, war spending. I mean, Trump's. I'd vote. like
1: to ask you guys something real quick. Do you think that we're trying to get out of Afghanistan?
2: Well, James would uh, he's talked about it on his show recently, yeah,
0: no,'ll I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Um but if if so, it's not to get out of Afghanistan. It's to more to get into Iran and uh, to maintain the presence there. Um there's there are suggestions that there have been secret side deals made as part of the the official deal that basically it's Taliban. yeah, okay, you guys can have more of a share in the Afghan government, but we're going to keep some troops in the region in order to uh, to pressure Iran. And you guys are basically going to be more uh, pressuring Iran as well. I don't know. I mean, who knows about what secret agreements have been made? They they have said there were two secret um, clauses, essentially classified clauses in the agreement that we're not allowed to know about. So who knows what it is? But even so, uh, there's 18,000 ways they could undermine that agreement between now and when the troops are supposed to leave a year plus from now. I, it's it's theater. It's theater.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, like the, a Taliban Peace deal? Like, what? What? What does that even mean? Like, that's like be going to like the the Bloods and the crypts and be like, hey, uh, how about we shake hands and you're like, n- you know, not gonna sell drugs in my block anymore? Like, it's just, it well,
1: too- I don't even believe it's that. I believe it's like if the neocons want war, all they have to do is like blow something up and say it was the Taliban. And the piece like made. they
0: did. Uh, yeah. Like they did 19 years ago. Exactly. It's,
1: it's, it's yeah. 100 percent, dude. It's like, let's say this is real in a weird way. Taliban wants us gone. We've agreed to gone. Why would they The go? Excuse me. Why would they blow anything up? It makes no sense. Why would you even put that clause in there? Because it's a clause that allows you to get out of this deal. It gets you optics that you're trying. And then these scumbags from around the way, just blow something up, blame it on the Taliban, and here we are. Now this peace deal is uh, in risk. I mean, listen, I don't know why we just don't go, hey, pharmacy companies, you make so much money, just hire Blackwater to protect your poppy fields. Because that's, to me, what this is really about, obviously the Iran stuff as well, but it's really about these poppy fields, because the Taliban keep- They were burning them all down because they didn't want them, and we couldn't have that anymore because we're ran by big pharmaceuticals, and we have to have troops protecting these poppy fields. Just pay for them. Just pay for Blackwater to go do it or some mercenaries or something like that.
0: But isn't it important? Eric Prince's ears are ringing right now.
1: Yeah. That's a great idea, Sam. (laughs) He's like, Kramer just comes through the door. Hello?
2: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> but uh i i've also heard that you know outside of the poppy fields it's just always super important to have some type of uh base or military there because of strategy reasons like it just you know you have access to other countries for right from there and and uh so i don't think we're obviously ever going to leave just like we're never going to leave the middle east i mean a huge thing that trump was kind of Saying when he was running was like, Hey, I'm you know, we're gonna get out of the Middle East. And I remember people retweeting, um, when Obama was in office, uh, Trump tweets that said, you know, things like, Oh, you know, what are you doing in the Middle East? You know, you know, it's a waste of money and all this stuff. And obviously, he's saying all the right things in regards to like PR, but like it's not happening. And and I mean, you see things like, you know, what happened with Venezuela with us being involved in their government, what happened with Iran, like we're still getting involved in governments, we're still. Instigating war, we're still, you know, playing this whole political, you know, uh, uh, geopolitical uh, chess. So I, I just think it's, it's, it's a lot of it's just, just theater. And and so the coronavirus, because obviously that's the hot topic of of late. Do you think that? who politically is 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 uh is gaining from this and do you think that you know there is well, what's your opinion on cuz you both have done uh, a little bit of uh, of some podcasts and some research on it do you guys have uh, i'm sure the listeners would like to know cuz i've heard some people saying that like china's hiding how you know these numbers and and it's way worse than than what uh, we're being told and then i hear james like on your in your video you're talking about how how they're testing people and there's some you know, questions on like, do people actually have the coronavirus and how are these numbers going up so quickly? So, um, you know, what, what's your guys' opinion on, on that after doing some research?
1: James, you can go first.
2: Well, on that note, I got to go. My next
0: interview is waiting. So <laughs> I'll leave you on that note. <laughs> uh, yeah, please look I've done a few videos on it, written a couple of articles so far. My short answer is, I don't know, real fake man-made natural, some combination, some vaccine-related things, some 5G-related thing. There's 18 million options on the table, and I don't know. And uh, newsflash, neither do you, anyone who's listening. Uh, uh, There's so many people who are so certain I know what's going on, and they really don't. Um, But I do know that this is going to be used... To implement a bunch of different agenda items so again like so many other things it i don't know if it was staged or fake or whatever but it doesn't really matter whether it's real or fake as long as they can get their agenda items through and so i did a big long article about that called uh, the coronavirus the cures will be worse than the disease that people should read if they're interested in that because this is going to change people's lives or, or it has the potential to completely change the way we are living our lives people are already starting to see that with the economic effects and there's going to be much more coming down the line here. So uh, that's what I'm worried about. I'm much more worried about what governments are going to do as a result of this. And uh, that's where I'm going to have
1: to leave it. James, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Uh, I I just love all your work. I love what you do. And I I appreciate you spending a little time with us, Ricky. I love you too. And, uh, you know, I know this is probably shorter than our normal videos, but baby times and busyness. And I'd love to do these once a month if possible. I know you guys are both busy, but, Let's definitely do it again, yeah. and both of you guys are doing great work, and, you know, I, whenever we can get the team back together, I'm always blown away you guys asked me to do it, so thank you.
2: Yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it, and uh, and we'll, we'll keep in touch. Uh, like usual, we're probably pissing off James's fans because we spend the first 20 minutes instead of talking about the Hot Topic coronavirus, we talked about being dads. And no, then... but I think that's great. <laughs> I know. I, I think so, too. a lot yeah. of
1: dads and a lot of parents out there, and it's, sometimes it's good to talk about... The simple things that impact people's life day to day. Cause the truth is, where's the coronavirus? Right now it's not my house. Thank God. I got two kids. You got kids and everything like that. So I, I'm I would talk daddy with you guys all the time, all the time.
0: <laughs> all right. Thanks. Awesome. Well let's do it again soon, guys. Thanks Bye. guys. Take, Take care. care everybody. Yep. Take care. See ya. Take care.